0: Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. It is a true blessing to be able to connect with the top minds and strength each and every week and share stories, insights, and experiences on becoming stronger in every area of our lives. And now I want to do more for you. I want to invite you to join the exclusive private Facebook group of The Strength Connection. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. This group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength in their lives, and it's the perfect space to explore ideas and share your journey. You'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. Just go to the Facebook groups, type in the Strength Connection, and you'll be accepted immediately. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the inside. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Good to see you, Danny. It's been a blast talking with you. Off, I was saying like we just started getting rolling right off the bat. If we didn't hit record on this, we would have just kept going for about a half hour. So thanks yes, so much. Probably, for taking, yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. I, I really appreciate it. Mike, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to uh,
1: be able to have a conversation with you.
0: Yeah, we got connected from a, a mutual friend who's a great guy. Uh, shout out to Eddie McGuire. Um, you know, appreciate him. Kind of uh, getting us together and introducing us, but as I said, it's it's been really interesting to research you and the work that you're doing with the New York Weightlifting Academy. And I, I'm always I always love talking with people in the weightlifting world because I personally am not in it that much. I kind of live vicariously okay. through you guys. I've been in the kettlebell world for yeah. a while, but you know, you guys in a in a coaching platform and a. Uh, an understanding, I think, of mastery, because we're talking about just a few movements that you need to focus on so much mm-hmm. and build a skill set up. I think it's such a powerful lesson for life. I've got the chance before to talk with Greg Everett. I talk with yours Gregorick okay. Greg Rick, um, yeah. you know, about kind of this world. So um, the stuff that you're doing with New York weightlifting, I think is just phenomenal. So I'm really excited to just have a great
1: conversation with you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. I'm looking forward to uh, just like as we started off uh, or began off air, how it goes on air now. Yeah, so exactly.
0: Yeah. So to kick this off, um, always with somebody new, I always like to hear a little bit about the origin story, you know, how you found yourself in the world of coaching. If it was something that you always kind of thought you were going to go into or kind of how did you find yourself in this world of strength and conditioning and ultimately into developing the New York Weightlifting
1: Academy? well i guess uh I guess to start off i could you could say, i mean where to begin, I could always vary, but let's just say to begin, um I was kind of juxtaposed between two things i was go I was in grad school, I was going to be a, a social studies teacher, going to schools to teach high school social studies or adolescent uh while at the same time. I had always weight trained throughout my life. Uh, I remember like going to the weight room in high school and then the, the Gold's Gym in town would go there and just kind of do – you're essentially like, like powerlifting, bodybuilding mm-hmm. movements. I mean this was back uh, like like early 2000s and myself, friends, we just wanted to get monstrous and be yeah. like you – know, <laughs> Just you know, jacked and swallowed. Go- <laughs> so I, I, I kind of always had that background. And uh, let's just say going forward, I was in grad school. I mean, I was training. I was doing a variety of things. I actually got into doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So I was doing that and uh, some like wrestling tournaments with it. And uh, it just it, – it was, it was kind of going down two paths. And the way it ended up working, uh, long story short, it just I figured you know, I enjoyed weight training. I, I enjoyed the wrestling aspect of it jiu-jitsu. Uh, and then somehow – I don't know how it was. I came across the Olympic lifts online. And I was like, yeah, that seems pretty cool. I want to try it. So I started just dabbling a little bit with cleans at the Gold's Gym, you know, the iron plates and the hexagonal plates and all that. So making a bunch of noise. And I figured, you know, with, with jujitsu and wrestling and stuff, everything's very technique-oriented. This stuff seems like just a, an organic thought that I had, whatever reason. So this seems very technique-oriented. So I want to, let me find a coach so I could learn the technique on it. I figured it'll make me a better jujitsu player. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I once I found someone along, uh, along the way, started teaching me the lifts it was like wow this is awesome i like this a lot so i started uh i started training more serious towards lifting ended up I was still doing jujitsu and, and lifting at the same time and uh eventually ended up competing and from there i i was at one competition in connecticut i met these two other guys the only other guys there from new york so we started talking. They were only like half hour from me. It's like, oh, okay, cool. They invited me to come train with them. So um, how that led to was I went and trained with them, never looked back, Was have, have been with those guys ever since. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, where the gym that they were training at, they were like, oh, we're looking for personal trainers. Would you like to do this? So when school was out during the summer, I started getting into personal training. And uh, this was back in the time, to I want for like 08, 09, 10, where uh, there were a lot of just schools did not have a lot of vacancies and positions opening. So I just uh, had a leave replacement, finished that during the, the finished that for the year. Summer went into training people, and then no school callback back or anything like that. So ever since then, I just went full speed into training people, mm-hmm. and just here we are.
0: Yeah. Were you when you were training before? You said you were lifting at golds and everything like that. Were you getting everything kind of out of it that you were hoping for, or were you searching for something kind of new to fill some different void? And that's kind of how you found Olympic lifting.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly how it came forth because it was just I, at the time, especially when I was doing it for, for grappling and stuff, it really wasn't, it wasn't the bodybuilding training. I was looking more, I want to do more athletic style uh, style of training because I'm not, I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. I want to be a functional athlete that mm-hmm. this will be conducive to when I want to have tournaments, when I have competitions and things that will make me better for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think too, it just, I I think the environment got stale, maybe like reflecting on it. I think maybe the environment was stale for me and just got bored of it. And uh, Mm -hmm. the the venturing into the Olympic lifting side, it brought me to a different gym with a little bit different style of equipment, equipment that was meant for this type of stuff. And uh, the allure Mm -hmm. of it Like I would equate it to, uh, like I tell people in in many instances, kind of like when you you listen to the radio and you listen to like classic rock and pop music, but then, you know, that's the center. But then once you start getting further out into the periphery of the more specialized musical genres or more specialized forms of training, that's like, Ooh, this is, this is interesting. It has more artistic sense a very, very visceral type of, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess, embodiment.
0: Oh, that's a really interesting analogy of, uh, I never heard of that really kind of related to music in that. That's pretty cool. It kind of, it reminds me of just kind of the, the steps of mastery, right? It's like, you get mm-hmm. that, you get your reps and you kind of build it, but then there's this creative side of it that once you get through that, then that all of a sudden it's like that sweet science of comes into it. And that's where it seems like Olympic lifting, that type of work. It just seems like there's, it's just the devil's such in the details, but when you yeah. get it, it's like, you feel it instantly. And it's everybody I've talked to who've gone into that world say Mm -hmm. that it's almost like this immediate addiction that you get because you just, everything needs to line up so, so perfectly in order to hit that exact moment
1: from there. Did Mm -hmm. you kind of feel the same thing? Yeah, well, actually, so, and this is, this is something I tell everybody all the time. Actually, you kind of delving a little bit into uh, before we even started something you had mentioned that, that caught my ear, but uh, like I tell every, going from the jujitsu background and having done that for years. Uh, the, this, uh, I weightlifting, I could, I, I approach weightlifting, consider weightlifting to be a martial art because you have to, you have across the board, you have to have discipline. You have to have technique. You have to have practice. You have to have skill. And most people in this, I, I again, I'll say this to people all the time. You walk into a jujitsu school, you walk into a karate school, whatever, whatever discipline you want. Nobody expects to be a black belt within the first month, let alone the first year. Everyone understands it. Black belts, almost to a certain degree, it, it seems like some, uh, somewhere you'll never get, but there's this tacit understanding of there are steps of how you get there. Right. Whereas weightlifting, it just seems like I want to do my maximum now. And if I'm not jumping 10 kilos per month, it's just there's no understanding, but it's the exact same. And, and how i coach too, is that you have to you have to go slow before you can go fast because you're trying to instill habit. I mean, no one. I mean, forgive uh, any karate guys or no, but no. One, you, however, you, you chop a, a two by four and a half. You don't do that on the first day. It's through repetition of slow practice to where it becomes natural, and you begin to move quicker, and it becomes routine. And that's the same thing with weightlifting. You have these people that I find will come in; they'll be so wild and aggressive right from the beginning, thinking that they have to be fast. But it's like no, you you have to learn how to go slow so that way you can maximize yourself.
0: That's, that's a really great analogy of it. With the, I'm sorry,
1: sure, go ahead. I don't know if I at all answer the question there, but it's, <laughs> uh, it, it, that's, that's at least how I take it and approach it. It's, it's actually, yes. So it's, it's just, it's such a specificity. You have to approach it in a very disciplined way. And that's something that I, I at least try to instill in all my lifters, be patient. It will come. Just keep going.
0: It's, I love the analogy of to a martial art, you know, from it, which is so interesting. And it, it is weird with, with fitness, with strength work, people naturally just think that you should just know this stuff. You should just be able to go in and just start getting this stuff down. I had Eric Degati on the yeah. podcast recently from New Jersey, okay. and he, he had a great analogy um, of his son, like was going into accounting. And he's like, well, when you get out of school for accounting, you don't have to deal with accounting enthusiasts, who are kind of depicting everything that you're doing. It's like in the strength world, we have strength enthusiasts who enjoy it, but Mm -hmm. don't actually have the technical precision. But in a martial art, if you go and study jujitsu or you study Kenpo or anything like that, like there is this natural understanding that this is a school, you're gonna learn the process in order to get to a black belt. But in, in health and fitness, it still seems like people don't know the steps of it
1: it's true. It's just, it's almost as if there's no recognition of steps. It's just like, I want this now. Why can't, where are my results? Where is it happening? And then, and especially in weightlifting, and let's say, and this is where weightlifting and martial arts diverge, at least I would say to a degree is that what, what makes weightlifting, I get, and I would think what makes people look for the more immediate results in lifting is that it's quantifiable. In martial art, you really you don't get the objective perspective of how you're improving. Let's say watching yourself every mm. every training session with weightlifting, it's it's all numeric based upon what's on the barbell. Right. So you everyone immediately okay. Well, my number is this. My number. I've spent three months. I'm still at this number. Why is this number not more? And it's like okay. Well, look at how you were in the beginning of the three months, and look at where you are now. Beforehand, you're running all across the platform trying to make a lift, and you you you're, you're you were forty percent uh, success rate. Now you're staying in the same spot, and you can make the same number ninety to one hundred percent of the time. So it's just mm-hmm. just because the the number value on the bar didn't move doesn't mean the quality of what you're doing didn't improve. But again, everyone comes down to being a numbers game.
0: Do you think that? Is that just kind of an ignorance thing from people who just assume that it's so, it's just going to be so simple to get into these movements, just because I know a lot of the things that you would see in yeah. lifting and posting, especially if you're just looking at things like Facebook or Instagram, you yeah. see some of the most beautiful technique from people of going in who have probably been doing this for, you yeah. know, 10 years. And it, I think it's, it's very easy to look at that being like, Oh, I want to do that. But naturally yeah. we think like, well, I want that result. I don't want to, I don't want that process. Of it, So is it just people who just, they don't, they don't just understand the world yet when they first come in? And that's,
1: that, that's, I think it's, they don't have an understanding of the process. It's like, okay, I can do this. I am doing this. And also, I think it comes down to a perspective of, of what they're actually doing. So when it, in, not in the sense of like, they don't know what they're doing, but let's say, you know, let's just take a deadlift, for example, you put 200 pounds on the bar you know that you have to move 200 pounds. You put 300 pounds on the bar, you know you have to move 300. So the effort is going to be commensurate to what you're doing here. With lifting, yes, you're moving weight on the bar, but you're not moving it through just pure action and intensity of your action. You're moving it through how deliberate you are through your action. So it's not a matter of, okay, it's heavier. I have to simply just put more force into it. It's like, again, this is something I'll tell people all the time too, is that, in the, the value of the bar, the, the weights on the bar are not a test of you being able to lift the bar. It's a test of you being able to main the, maintain, the same positions and get the bar to the same spot without that weight, disturbing your positions to move it. So it's really, it's a sport mm-hmm. of, it's a sport of positions. It's a sport of angles. So it's, that's what you're training. It's not, let's say the effort comes into you, not letting the bar do this to you, but you maintaining this position while, while you move the weight. Mm-hmm
0: that's interesting yeah because if you think of it like with a deadlift like it's just we're talking about just absolute strength just if it's more on the bar just give more force to it drive through the floor exactly Where in olympic lifting it's very different because it's a deliberate action of it so it's much more about me i would assume that it's probably a lot more about teaching patience to stay within your lift and not going and not kind of just you know shooting your load too early on it
1: that's patience is everything Mm. you just have to just just wait Wait till the right time. Wait till you feel the bar. It's just, and I, I mean, it's still. It's it's always. It's going to be. I'm guilty of it with my training. Still, it's 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 hard to fight that, especially when you're trying to. You know what you have to do. You're trying to move around the bar and everything, and sometimes you just get a little impatient or or yeah. so. But it's learning learning patience, and what I'll try to do is just and really, uh, like we were saying earlier, how my training has been prior, like pre-COVID versus now. Excuse me. Is. Taking taking little bits away from every training session. What, what's the one small thing, not big things, mm-hmm. small things that you've learned every training session that is considered progress. So it's not a matter of how big they are, not a matter of mm-hmm. grand ideas, but the, the little bits add up. They collect over time. Mm-hmm. Do you do
0: that with your students as well? Do you have them like with a journal, like do kind of a breakdown of that, like a reflection of wins during the session at all? Or do you do that more personally for yourself?
1: It's, um, it's I, no, I, I don't do that with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may be verbalized. A lot of people have notebooks. They'll take notes, they'll write things down. I don't know what they write down. Um, I mm-hmm. will tell them to write things down that seemed that worked or were valuable for them for the session. But uh, it, it's just, like, let's say, so I've been probably like when I've really, really first started to now, I'd say probably been lifting better part of 10 years. I want to say anywhere from 10, 12 years, something like that, maybe even more, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can't even, I I can only imagine what it's like for those who've been lifting like 20 years, but it's the perspective I've had when I started to, let's say halfway through to where I am now, it's just, it's completely different. So like how, like I I try to get these ideas across. I try to tell them, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's something like you just, it's, yes, they're aware of it, but to understand it might take more time. Like there's this one quote that was going around years ago by this, uh, by a famed American coach, uh, Joe Mills was his name. And he said, I can teach you everything I know about weightlifting in 10 minutes. The problem is going to, is that it's going to take you 10 years to understand everything that I've said. So, it, <laughs> and it's, it just, it is a hundred percent truth because it just, for you to really understand, it's just like, oh, so that's why going to what I said, try to take the little wins because it's like once you have the repetition of looking for the little things like that, they come back around, it's cyclical, and then people will be like, oh, I, I now I get what you mean. And the amount of time people have said where it's like, yeah, now it makes sense, you've only told me that like for a year straight, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: you know, that's interesting. One of uh, my good friend and uh, mentor, Brian Grasso, who I'll, I would call him an expert on the Tao Te Ching, you know, by Lao Tzu. He okay. studied it a lot. And he has that line yeah. about that book. It takes 20 minutes to read and about 20 lifetimes to understand and apply into your life. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar yeah. to to that quote from there. It is like, cause if you look, it's really only a couple of lifts, but the sweet science is inside of
1: that of what feels so it's, it's tr- that. It- say this there's, and there's two parts to it too because there's there's a physical development and then there's the mental development and it just both take time it takes time for your body to adapt to be able to do what you need it to do it takes time for you mentally to be able to adapt and when they finally intersect and start like really meet each other and start going along together that's when it's like okay now things are starting to make sense mm-hmm. and let's say like where i am now for my training it's just like okay i have a good feel of where i'm at what i'm doing Uh, and it's just like, you become much more aware and you can be more aware because you're not trying to find and search things. It's now it's like, okay, man, that felt bad. (laughs) Like I know what I did with that one, or that felt really good. Okay. Let me move on from there. I achieved my goal for the day for the next.
0: You know, it's funny kind of combining that strength with the technique. Like I first really found that in kettlebell training with doing, uh, clean and presses where it's like a single arm military press is a very Absolute strength based movement. There's some technique involved in tension, mm-hmm. but when you get to that like real one rep max type feel, the better yeah. your clean is, the easier that press is going to be. And if you're clean mm. and shitty, it's not going yeah. up. So it's like you need that technique at the beginning in order to get yourself. It's like that prerequisite to be able to do the yeah. strength work. So it's like finding that right groove of the clean all of a sudden, wow, that press went right up. What did mm-hmm. I do? It had nothing to do with the press and the strength yeah. of it. It actually had everything to do with the technique underneath, but it was, yes. a hard, it was a hard lesson to learn of just like, wow, like if I want to actually get better at my press, I don't need to work on my press at all. I need mm-hmm. to work on my clean, the, the steps beforehand. And it's things like it's got very similar
1: kind of correlation into the weightlifting world. Absolutely. I mean, it just—I mean, you're obviously you're saying clean and press for kettlebell, mm-hmm. clean and jerk, and weightlifting. The easier you make the clean, the more energy you have for the jerk. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it, that's exactly it. It's just a matter of—I mean, for, for as I was taught through my coach for for working with people and how I would train, it's just, you have to work where you're weak because if you're only as good as your weak spots. So, mm-hmm. like for me, for example, my my jerk has always been a weak lift for me. Mm. And it's one of those things where some people can, some people have the jerk. Some people have to work their entire career at it. So uh, it it was always been tough for me, but cleans, for whatever reason, cleans are the one lift where it just naturally came pretty well to me. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I go to compete. I could never, never worried about missing a clean, never missed a clean, I could clean a house if I needed to. It's just the jerk is now the tough part. So it's that's, just,
0: that's funny, because I think one of your students, uh, Carrie Pierce, when I talked to her, I yeah. think she said the opposite. I think she said she can always jerk the weight like she that's her strength. But getting yep. it up to that position is the tough part.
1: Yeah, she could have the most like it could take her five minutes to stand up from the clean. She looks like a cobra coming out of <laughs> type of thing, like lose everything. But you can turn around and not watch the jerk and know it's going to be made.
0: Yeah. So- that's, well, that's so interesting with working with, with clients and when you start working individuals, right? Because it's like yeah. each person, I assume, probably has a much different weakness that you need to work on and really need to get out. And it's tough. I don't think anybody, none of us want to admit our weaknesses. And it's almost something you don't want to work on as much. You yeah. want to just do the strengths over and yeah. over again. But I'm sure it's <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's like, it's finding that, it's finding that patience to work on those things
1: to just make everything well-rounded. It really is because I mean, you're if if you want to get better, you want to move forward. You have to work where where you're limited. And like going back to Carrie with what uh, when when Justin reached out to me and started working with her, it was exactly that working her her weak spots. And I think uh, I mean if we I mean I'll, I guess I'll my own horn with that but it just it, the way it worked out with how the games were that year in the qualifier for one of her week big weaknesses was a front squad and uh, like when Justin called me he was like yeah she hasn't front squad really hasn't moved we have to like needs to go up or clean hasn't gone up I mean she doesn't need to be the best she just needs to get it competitive so then that way it'll keep her where she needs to be and then uh, I think it was, I forget how the qualification process was then but one of the qualifiers Uh, she had, it was a max front squat and Justin came out, Justin's texting me. He's like, Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. But Yeah. He's like really of all things, but it just the work that we did worked and it just, it did exactly that. It gave her just enough to keep her in there. And Mm -hmm. then everything else, all her strengths in the other avenues shown through and pulled her through and Mm -hmm. it helped. So you have, you have to work where you're limited. Otherwise you're going to get stuck. Yeah.
0: Well, it must be really fun working with somebody like Carrie because she's such an elite athlete. She's got so much strength in this small frame of her body. So okay. but like when you get to that level of strength, like getting any more strength out of that must be super challenging on a programming standpoint. It's like get getting Usain Bolt from a nine eight to a nine seven. Like that's gonna that takes a lot of effort there. So was that a real was that a, a challenge to you of like working with somebody like Carrie of like programming, or was it more of
1: like this just felt right in your wheelhouse? Uh, honestly, it just felt like right in my wheelhouse. And I don't know if it's just how either I view things or or, or really what it is, because it's just like, I mean, it, the best part about working with Carrie, and this the best part about working with anybody for that matter, is that when you have someone who is who wants to get better, who's willing to get better, trusts you that you can help them get better and will put in whatever effort needed, that's that's the enjoyable part. So whether it's her who's at the top or whether it's uh, let's say one of the women that I have uh, who who trains with me now. She's I think she might be 60 or so. She just she just works her butt off. And I mean they 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 the frame can't even hold her up. <laughs> but the the mental attitude and effort that they have is equivocal and that's worth more than anything. So let's say just going back to what you're saying about working with Carrie is that it it was in my wheelhouse in the sense of the issues that she had were not uncommon, especially amongst CrossFitters. The areas where she she was uh, weak were definitely not uncommon amongst many people and especially amongst CrossFitters. So it was really just – trying to within the time frame that we had work work get as much results within the time frame that we had for them to be uh, yieldable when when it was necessary for them to show uh, come through mm-hmm. so we just came up with a plan gave her work to do worked on things that integrated with uh with Justin's plan on everything and it uh, just seemed to work just enough to get her where she mm-hmm. was yeah It must
0: it's it's got to be so much fun. I mean, working with somebody who's like going for a performance based, like athletic event. And also at the same time, like right down the street in the next block, you have a 60 year old woman who's, you know, just working her butt off. But the similarities that you mentioned, there is the mindset, you know, behind it. And the patient, is that something that you found early on in your coaching career of how important this was? Or has that evolved a lot as you've
1: been in this space for the last, you know, like 10 years or so in coaching? I think something that was, I was aware of it early on uh, and especially for myself, because I mean, when I first started, my coach would always tell me I got to calm down. I'm a lunatic and everything like that, which I mean, Mark will still say that to this <laughs> day. But yeah, I mean, that's, that has changed a lot, but it's um, what here. where I guess my perspective of it has is what's different now. So it's like it's very valuable. You have to have a strong mindset. You have to learn how to apply that, but how to apply it correctly instead of just being like kind of like I was saying before, just like full speed, go for it. I want more. Learn to, all right, you need that attitude, but use it a little bit differently. You get it. Let's say if we're trying to shape a pot on a spinning wheel. We, we can't just go full throttle and try to make the finished result. We got to met it out, right. and just going back to the patience element of it. Yes, yeah. n- know when to be really driven and know how to. To use that energy and uh, let's say try to shift it into being driven for your technique work right so it's it is yeah,
0: it's, it's a th- it's an interesting kind of back and forth right because like everybody we all know that mindset's a part of it and it's like it's oh yeah, yeah. absolutely but like what the fuck does that actually mean <laughs> a lot of times you know it's like it's objective yeah. like if you're you know you have the bar it's like you add more weight to the bar that's an objective thing okay you're getting stronger how do you actually know that you're getting a stronger mindset or you're building your patience? Mm -hmm. I think that's always an interesting question that I love talking about with coaches of like, how do you see that in other people? Because it's a very subjective thing from one thing from one person to another. So it's like, have you, have you worked on that yourself? Like in coaching over the years of like, how do I get better at this side of the ball rather than just the technical piece?
1: Oh, well, yes, uh, I, I think that is part of it, part of training. And so uh, let's say like, like I'll tell my, my one, of the, um, one of the guys who helps me with my podcast, Mr. Smith, uh, part of the, the part, essentially the premise of what we discuss is how weightlifting is a metaphor for life. And really everything that someone does or everything that you do in the weight room, especially for at least Olympic lifting, I would say is a direct microcosmic, microcosmic reflection of how your entire life is how you conduct yourself, the way you do things. And it literally, you can read someone by how they lift. So, yeah. So it, it's, it's one of the things where, okay, you can learn that you could read that. And then you can use weightlifting and help you in other aspects of your life. So I, I think there's two, two parts to that one you do everything I just said, uh, and, and people can benefit. You can grow from it. You can get better for the level that where you're at. And then when you go into, let's say the professional level, like let's, I mean, yes, I made the, the comparison between Carrie and the other woman. But mm-hmm. let's say when it comes down to time for Carrie to actually like full go, she's she's elite. So her, Dmitry Klokov, let's um, mm-hmm. all these most all the European uh, lifters that I'm friends with that I know when I was in Germany a few times for competitions, th- they're at a different level and. Yes, you can hone your your mindset. Yes, you can try to uh, get better at certain things, but some things, just like athletic ability, are just inveterate. And if you you either have it or you don't, because right. the le- the level that those guys are at the mindset they have, it's like wow. So when when Klokov has done seminars at the gym before, uh, people ask, ah, I don't know, is it worth it? Should I do it? And uh, the, the number one answer that I give is yes, an emphatic yes. And not just because I'm trying to fill the right. seminar out, but just in fact, yes, not for the lifting, not for anything other than just getting to be around him and in his presence to see how he operates. Right. And just watching him is worth more than the lifting advice that he has to give. He has granted, he's got 25 years of stage lifting advice, right. but seeing how he conducts himself mentally, he's on a, a different stratosphere or in a different stratosphere. Right.
0: It That's, that's a when you embody it like that from certain people who do it it is it's so powerful to be around that energy and it i've is. always thought too like it's it's fun to see the elite of the elite perform at that level uh-huh. but at the same time danny i don't know if you'd agree with this but it's like being in a great mindset in that moment is almost way easier because it's like you have no other you have no other choice but to be focused in that it's yep. like my you know my uh, coach and a good friend fabio Zonen. is uh, a master instructor with strong first talked about heavy weights. Like if you step up to, if you step up to a deadlift bar, that's like close to your one rep max or above, like no choice, but to focus in that, like you're not about anything else. However, training when you're lifting a 50% or 60% bar, if you Mm -hmm. can keep that same focus and that same attention in that, that actually builds so much more in your life of being able to practice. And it's almost like the the event, the excitement of like being in a coliseum and having people cheering, like, yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But most people don't have the chance to do that. But you can practice that mindset when you're training, right?
1: Well, that's why I encourage everybody to compete. I think everyone who comes in Mm -hmm. and ventures the weightlift should absolutely compete. Because the first time you don't know what to expect, you don't know what's going on, all of a sudden you go out there, you have to lift in a foreign atmosphere. There's tens of people watching you, you have three judges staring directly at you, you're just like, you don't know, you don't hear anything. You don't know what's going on. And like with focus and it's, it's, again, it's just something that's trainable. And I like years, my coach, um, Mark would always be telling me, come on, you got to focus, make this lift, focus, focus. And when I, what I thought I was focused looking back on, I was like, I didn't know how to focus. I, I mean, It wasn't for a lack of effort in any which way I thought it was rooted in the moment, but uh, I was like, no, I definitely was not. But I had to go through that and that got me to where now it's like, now I can focus. I know how to almost to the point where I can turn it on when I have to turn it off and go to where like, I can joke a little bit for a moment, but then when I go on the platform and get to the bar, okay, really locked into it. And it's just, uh, again, another one of the the trainable attributes that weightlifting offers that Mm -hmm. is beneficial for every other aspect of your life.
0: Yeah. I love that. You mentioned that of like, encourage people to compete and to jump in. I think that's so huge and valuable. You know, I just came back a couple months ago from uh, a certification program where we had to do strength tests and you get yeah. called up in front of your group of peers and you have to do, you know, it was a barbell type certification. And I haven't been in a competitive environment in a long time. And it was, it's like, there's no, like, there's no first place on it, but you're stepping up in front of 25 people and you're performing a lift the energy and the jolt that you get from doing that is something that is—it's hard to replicate when you're in just training. Oh,
1: you, it's impossible. Yeah, I mean, even for myself, like people, like I still get nervous when I compete. I yeah. still, my like the trepidation, the heart rate goes up. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's not something that goes away. And there's really nothing in your life that offers you that. And to have the the forward to it, or even to just try it, no matter how you do, it, don't worry about how you do, it, just do it. Right. it. it goes so far; it just teaches you lessons about that you can't get really any other way.
0: Yeah, we uh, when we had a studio up here, we did a tactical strength challenge, uh, okay. which was a the um, it's you know, a one rep max deadlift. It's a pull-up test. And then it's a kettlebell snatch test, you know, and it's, they do it, you know, throughout the, the world at this time. And we just kind of threw it out there for people like, Hey, anybody want to jump into this? And one of them, we had like, I think 23 people signed up for it. And wow, we were, really? we were telling people, it was amazing. And we worked with general population people that people were just doing this to generally get stronger, just be better in their overall lives. But yeah, the competing with yourself and just being there and hearing the energy from it, I remember like me and the other coaches, we were getting texts for like two days from yeah. our members afterwards of just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, the energy of it. I can't believe I did that. And we yeah. had like, I think like, you know, 80% of people, 90% of people like hit their one rep PR max ever. It's like, and there's just yeah. high fives going on overall. And I just, I don't think that you can just shy away and like, yes, it's like great to train and be better for life and stuff, but putting yourself mm-hmm. in, that little bit of a competition and just challenging yourself does so much to bring you on. Like it gives you that energy of that you can hold with you and go into the next training session. But it is, it's it's so, I think it's so valuable that you said that so encouraging, like you said there, I think is such an important lesson for, for everybody to learn is just put yourself in a fun challenge once in a while.
1: Yeah. Especially because over time, the more you compete, the more you do, you you adapt and that's where a lot more of your progress is. And just, making more number, uh, a, a bigger number on the bar. And I probably some of the most exhilarating times that you can ever have lifting and competing are the ones where you act, where you have a good competition, where you're completely locked in. Your focus is just laser. Like when you're in the uh, the zone, as mm-hmm. all the books say, yeah. Like when you, when you achieve that, it's just, you feel unstoppable and it's a wonderful feeling. And, but, and, you, and that's something too, that you keep chasing. Cause there've been meets where I've had like that, where, like the following day it's like oh this is great i love it i can't wait to lift again type of thing you're just on top of the world and then other meets where just either whatever may have been because that's always how they go you never know what you're going to get meets where i've either like so hyper present where it lost the edge and i was like half asleep or just couldn't focus (laughs) at all and the following day hated myself and it was like i can't wait to train again so i could kill myself to make up for the type of deal but (laughs) It's (laughs) It's <laughs> all. It's it, but it all in the grand scheme all ties into learning how to really navigate yourself and conduct yourself. And I really think that goes for anything. You're gonna play and once. Once you, it's again, just any. It's, it's a skill. Yes, you snatching clean, and cleaning jerking is not going to make you money doing it. But the skills you have and that you pick up how to snatch and clean and jerking to get you to do them better. That's those are uh, unsaid tools that you can use towards anything.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's it's building a skill, not just going into the workout. Which I think sometimes our culture we get into, just that mindset, like you need to. It's that burn and sweat type feeling where it just needs to go in. You need to push it. Where no, if you approach it like you're learning a different skill, and then you're seeing progress. Like progress just feels so good when you're doing it. Not just more weight on the bar, but when you feel that technique change. I'm sure you see
1: it in people's faces all the time when they finally get it. It's like holy shit. And that's that's like let's say I guess like a debate like myself and other friends coaches will get into is that and something that I I say all the time I think that it, it, so many people now are so focused on the program uh, this is my program what's the program going to be I have to do this I have to do that even in Tudor Bampa's book you know, obviously the periodization the whole premise of it um, I forget what page it's on one line just said the the however phrase like the organism or the athlete may not be feeling appropriate for the day so it's necessary to adjust the the plan accordingly in order right. to achieve gain so it's me it's like people like you have to do this you have to do that and then they have a terrible session missing all over the place you know taking 10 attempts to make your 90 right. that's like well what are you getting out of that you're not getting anything out of it so that's like everything is uh everything's relative so you you want like i said before you want to have Pick like what I'll do for myself. I'll pick what I want to achieve for the day with a rough number range that could be give or take based upon how I feel. But there's just something that I'm looking to get out of it. I want to, I want to, I want this weight to feel like that one does. And if I achieve right. that, I want to at least take a video or see a video. Of if I moved how I want myself to move with this weight, okay, achieved, good, move on. Uh-huh. And, and really approach it to where you're just, you're trying to collect currency out of it as opposed to just spending recklessly, hoping that you're going to get what you need. Right. Because from my experience, too, in the end, the person who does the program to the T, there's five days a week, just keeps going If they have terrible days, whatever, doesn't really make that big a difference. It doesn't do any different versus the person who is very focused and, let's say, does half the amount of of volume or intensity on the training.
0: Right. Well, and just following it blindly like that, right? It just it lacks any self-awareness. At all yeah. of like, because all you're doing is just following a program where the approach, like you just said, like, I want this to feel like this, it like that's so, that, intu- that intuition, that skill of intuition comes in. And that's when you're like, holy part of the program. You're not just blindly following progressive overload.
1: Well, and and that's that's exactly the self awareness right there. There was a um, one I was reading one thing on the uh, Soviets when they came up with their whole training plan periods, all that stuff, but they had sports psychologists too. And one of the big things that they would teach the athletes is to learn self regulation, and that's something when you have just a program that I've seen people just shoot at haphazardly. They, no one has an idea of self regulation. I mean, I didn't have an idea of self-regulation. I used to immolate myself practically in training. <laughs> but it's it just that's that's uh, – self-regulation I think is probably the most important thing that you can have because it, in order to have – in order to achieve self-regulation and understand it, you have to have a good mindset. You have to have a good focus on what you're doing. And also too, it allows you to be very present with how you to develop yourself. Right. With but um, it, it just – that's everything. And let's say going back to Klokov, when I asked, like, when I picked him up from the airport or when I was dropping him off or, and like he said, the seminar, he was telling what his training's like. He's like, I do this. I focus on two things that he said, everything he does by feel. He has an idea of the workouts he's going to do, but everything's by feel. And then let's say, instead of getting up to a working weight and doing five sets at a working weight, he'll build up to that, whatever that weight is one time but do it by making very small incremental jumps. And he does that mm-hmm. because he says every single weight is a new weight. So he has to respect it as an, as an unknown mm-hmm. as opposed to, okay, I did this once already. And then you lose respect for it when it's your second attempt, third attempt. Right. And said the same thing too, we we're talking about uh, going to the sauna. Cause it, like, we go to a, uh, a Russian bathhouse, not far from here. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you do it? And he's like, Oh, everything by feel. Like, I said, <laughs> that too with that, he said, um, Twenty-five years as a professional. Twenty-five years professional athlete is like one hundred years regular person. Oh so, sure. Yeah. So like wow, man. He just gems yeah. every which way all the way to the airport. Uh,
0: that's so great. Yeah, it's everything by feel. I think that's just the perfect line on on everything there. Right. It's it's because it's kind of you you. I guess you build the skill of remaining neutral, right? It's like not every workout is good or bad. It's like it's not like you had a shitty one or a great one. It's just all right, yeah. I did what I needed to do and just this is where I was at for the day. I my good friend Antonio Scolante, who's a researcher in uh California, he yeah. talked he talked about um he's translating Dr. Carmelo Bosco's book with athlete with athlete readiness and talked yeah. all about that of like, but then at the same time, he's like, there's a lot of data points that you can get of how ready Mm -hmm. the athlete is to do these certain things. And there's the different percentages of if you're not recovered, how much heavier the 80% weight is going to feel. But he said, it still comes down to, you have to talk to the athlete of how they feel. It's like, Mm -hmm. and they have to know for themselves of what feels best. And if you, you learn that skill. I think it just undoubtedly, you just bring that into everything else that you do in life. So it's really that carryover into work, into family, into self-actualization,
1: all that type of stuff. You know, and for the training aspect, like completely with everything you just said and, but the competition aspect, which is why, again, I encourage everyone to compete is because competition doesn't care how you feel. Yes. So that's one of the things where, cause you could easily say, Oh, I'm not feeling it today. No easier. And yeah, that's just nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But when you're competing and especially when you go into the clean and jerks, cause you could get so fired up, uh, just, Use so much energy in the snatch and clean and jerks you come to and you practically have to sleep, but you have to muster, you have to somehow find the ability to do so. That's where you don't have the choice of, of uh, let's just say it's, it's not here today. This is where you have to just dig down and find something else within you to be able to push through that to where, yes, I know how I feel. How can I work around this now?
0: Right. That I, I love that. So just every once in a while, just put yourself in that challenging position. Cause you said like that deadline, it doesn't care yeah. what you need to do. It's like, it's, this is the time to do it. And whether you feel great or not, just, you better jump in and just get rolling with it. It's that's a powerful yeah. thing because that just, I mean, you're going to be uncomfortable. Like you said, you're still nervous going into competitions mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, that's kind of part of it. Like you should be a little bit nervous. That's actually good, Probably
1: going to jolt you up a little bit. Yeah, it, it does. And you usually have a lot, the nervous energy is very helpful. Sometimes you always have uh, a little bit more power when, uh, <laughs> when you have that nervous energy. So let, let's say, not the last competition I did, but probably one of my most favorite that I did, I it was in October. I think it was, yeah. Was it October, September, October? I think the end of October. doesn't matter. Uh, it was the first time I competed after like probably two plus years since 2019 because of COVID and everything. And I just, it was a friend of mine's meet down in New Jersey. Like, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? So I had goals for, it was just kind of a huge experiment to see how my training was like what I planned for training and how training was to what I could actually do in the competition. And let's say just uh, taking the clean and jerk, for example. So I I didn't in, in training, I never touched I touched weights up to my second attempt, what well, my second attempt was going to be <laughs> once. I didn't do anything. I didn't basically five kilos more, but I didn't attempt anything in snatch or clean and jerk for my third attempt. Uh, for clean and jerk two, I hadn't power cleaned, and I couldn't begin to tell you when I had, when, when's the last time <laughs> I practiced doing a power clean? So, and, and this goes, there's, there's so many, there's so many things here to this uh, about this goes to about being present. So clean and jerks I open up. I just was switching over to just doing power jerks, so I wasn't moving my feet. And uh, I opened up with 120 in the back. I'm doing cleans and everything, but as as the weight started getting heavier, I started just for whatever reason catching a little bit higher. I open a 120 and I just power clean the thing like, like nothing. It just flies up. Wasn't intending to, but, and this is, what I was getting at the saying a second is that also the like present, it, uh, how present I was. So when I watched the video, it looks like bar goes off the floor, right up one instant. I remember when I was pulling it, in the instance of me pulling it, feeling how the bar was and being, oh, this feels kind of light. I should just keep going. And I had like a full dialogue in my head while this was happening. But you watch the video and there's only maybe a fraction of a second. It's like, wow, that's amazing how the body works in that sense. But again, going, not to digress, uh, then I ended up going up to 130 and power cleaning 130. And it was just like, man, it's, <laughs> you have a lot extra from the competition nerves in there. I didn't intend to do that. It just kind of mm-hmm. kept going. It was, it was cool to do. That's funny how it's like you have a full conversation
0: and like a split second of what things feel like. Talk about self-awareness. Yeah. And that's like, I, I'll
1: go back and watch the video and it's just like, man, I can't, but like, it literally is this like checking things through my head. This feels light. I'm keep going out oh, and right about, all right, let me just keep going for it. And it just, it was a whole dialogue. And it's just like, wow, that's just, it's amazing. So when you're really, when you're really focused and tuned in, it's amazing what the, the mind and body can achieve.
0: Yeah. That's, it's uh. It always is still just a fun shock to me of like, you hear that, how it's like such a quick, just thought in your mind, but it's a whole dialogue Mm -hmm. in your mind of how does this feel? Like I've done that with different challenges and tests before too. It's like, all of a sudden you just get the grip and it's like, oh wow, this is like a lot lighter than I thought. It's like, oh shit. Or or, God forbid (laughs) the other flip side of the coin. It's like, holy crap, this is really heavy. Like I better grind this out.
1: Yeah, I'm for it too oh god how's this gonna go through but sometimes it happens you just you stay committed to it all of a sudden it happens but you know you blow your groin out and you have a -hmm. couple issues later but you made it that's what matters
0: yeah no doubt so um (laughs) well dude denny this time has just flown by with you man it's been a blast chatting with you and connecting with you um i love the work that you're doing with uh new york weightlifting academy and um yeah
1: no i really appreciate the time today this has been awesome Man, I can't believe it are Mike, I appreciate everything. Glad, uh, glad beyond. I mean, again, definitely a shout out to Eddie Mack for uh, setting everything up on this. So I've, we'll have to do it again. This was awesome. I'm sure we could, there's so much more we could go over and discuss.
0: I was just going to say that. I was like, I feel like we got to like two things of like the 10 that I wanted to go over today. So we'll have to set up part two and and keep this rolling. So really appreciate you uh, taking the time. If people want to check more of your workout and your content, what's the best place that they can go and check you out?
1: I'd say probably Instagram's the best. We have the most stuff up on there. Just uh you can just search New York Weightlifting Academy or NY underscore weightlifting underscore academy. Uh Facebook, same thing. What else? We got a YouTube page. You can check it out on YouTube. All the all the same name. It'll come up pretty readily and the uh, the <laughs> website is just just the website. It's good. It's got good great pictures and uh stuff on there. So <laughs> awesome.
0: Danny, you're awesome, man. Really appreciate it. Um Listeners, thank you so much for connecting. If you want to follow Danny, you know where to do so and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some great value here. And if you like this episode, please drop a comment and leave us a five-star rating and review. It does more to build the show than you can imagine. And do not forget to check out and join the Strength Connection Facebook group. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. This group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength, and it's the perfect space to explore new ideas and to share your journey. And you'll also get exclusive access to these Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into the physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. So do not wait. Go now.
1: Seriously, go. I right, Much love to you. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.